This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries block. I'm Shaliza Bacchus. I'm Afua Ba. It's been a minute, but uh, happy to have you all joining us again. We're back. Yes, we are. It's been quite a busy year so far. Um, of course, number one, the pandemic. You can't. You don't really have to say anything. We know Get that's away. what we're going through. Um, but you know what? This summer or the end of the summer has been getting quite busy as well. Of course, we know that we are in the midst of a an election uh, that was uh, triggered back on August fifteenth, and now we are heading to the polls on August twenty or September twentieth. We're not going backwards, folks. <laughs> September twentieth officially. Uh, but right now we're looking at the angle of the youth, the millennial votes. Mm-hmm. Is that going to come through? Is that going to be something that's going to favor one party over another? Are youth still apathetic in terms of coming out to vote? So we're going to really dig deep into uh, this discussion. So joining me now to talk about uh, the millennial vote and the issues that are important to them is senior fellow from Massey College of U of T, Professor Jeffrey Dvorkin. Professor, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. All right. So let's get right into this discussion. Um, The youth vote. Is it going to be the same as 2019? Is it going to be higher or are we going to see less of a voter turnout this year for the youth? Well, that's exactly the question all the politicians are asking, and they have no idea how it's going to go. But if you look at previous elections, uh, first of all, that millennial vote is usually underreported, partly because the pollsters are, well, there are a couple of things. The pollsters tend to uh, go on uh, landlines, a little bit more with cell phones, but they're still dependent on landlines and and online polling. Um, And the people who answer online polling, especially, tend to be of the more progressive side of things. Um, And so there is a tendency for that vote to be counted in a way, but also undercounted. Um, And what happened in the last election was in the last week, there was a surge for the NDP. Whether that will happen again is a good question, and nobody has the answer. But certainly the NDP and Jagmeet Singh is doing his very best to try to tap into that vote, hoping that history will repeat itself. The other thing that is starting to emerge is support for the People's Party of Canada, which is much more conservative, much more right-wing than the Conservative Party of Canada. And they are starting to poll at around 10%, which is kind of surprising everyone. And that may be a place where some millennials, maybe especially young men, may find themselves attracted to that particular uh, expression, political expression. So I think that a couple of things are going on. One is on the left wing of things, there may be a search for the NDP, but there also may be a search on the right wing for the People's Party of Canada. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, like speaking of surges, you know, do you think that a lot of young people are actually still interested in voting? I know a lot of us 
us. I'm going to include myself in that. We've kind of checked out and we might not know exactly where I stand. So a lot of people are thinking, well, if I don't vote, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's always that's always a difficulty. But I think that one of the things that that mainstream media are discovering that in the last week of the campaign, people are paying attention, which is what usually happens. Uh, that especially for younger voters, they, there's a sense of we'll make up our minds closer to the event. And I think that's happening again now. We love to procrastinate. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people do. And especially now, since there is a growing sense of, well, I have to call it anger uh, in the electorate in general. I mean, there was a headline I think last week in the Toronto Star, why are we all so angry? And I think that the, the COVID pandemic, the fact that we are going in and out of this fourth wave ha has made people very frustrated. We're seeing it in the demonstrations against uh, Justin Trudeau. Um, we're seeing a lot of expressions of frustration uh, among the Canadian electorate. Now, we do want to discuss a lot of the major issues affecting the youth directly, and we do feel as though a lot of those issues, with the exception of the NDP, haven't really been touched on during this campaign period. I mean, it's all happening so fast. Like, I really can't believe the election is coming so quickly. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, I think we are, in a general way, we are more distracted by the media than ever before. When you think of when we think of our own ways of consuming information, um, and I and I'm in touch with uh, millennials quite a bit, my my students and my former students, and they are flooded with a tsunami of stuff. Some of it is valuable, some of it may be less valuable, but w when you get up in the morning, you turn your computer on right away. You turn your your smartphone on right away, or do you wait to turn on the radio? My sense is that most people, and especially younger people, go on their computers first thing as they wake up or on their smartphones as soon as they're awake to see what has happened overnight and see whether Uncle Fred has sent you something that he found outrageous and wants your opinion on that. And I think that that becomes part of the the landscape, the, the media landscape that we have to deal with. We are being flooded with so much stuff. How do we make sense of it all? And that, I think, is, is the challenge for media in a digital age and for us as consumers of that information in a digital age. Absolutely. And and so just following up on that, there's just everything's thrown at young people right now. But of course, they're asking young people to have their say to go out and vote. We have heard the uh, the federal parties campaigning on main issues such as, of course, climate change. Affordable housing has been a big one. Um, we are now starting to hear a little bit more in terms about truth and reconciliation when it comes to indigenous communities. Are these the same issues that are, are resonating with young people when they choose to head out to the polls? Or are there some issues that maybe the political parties have forgotten about that might also be very important to the young voter? I, I, I think you're asking absolutely the right question. 
what my sense is from my discussions with my students and my former students is that they are very much interested in issues around uh, fairness and equity and how people are being treated in this culture. What about the whole issue of diversity and and in and inclusion? Are people, especially at the millennial stage of life, do they feel that they they have access to the information that they need, and are they being listened to by the people who are still running? the universities, the churches, uh, and the media. Now, with that being said, you know, we, we talked about how a lot of millennials, younger voters, are hesitant to head to the polls. And do you think that maybe there's a way that these parties can put the issues that are affecting young people on the front burner and actually giving them a push to actually get out there and vote? Well, I hope they do. Um, whether they are doing that in any really effective way remains to be seen. I sense that the NDP seems to be connecting with younger people uh, pretty effectively. TikTok. Uh, whether that, I don't know whether that turns out to be young people going to the polls to vote for the NDP or not, but Jagmeet Singh is kind of using Instagram and TikTok and, and, and those newer expressions of digital media much more effectively than than uh, Aaron O'Toole or, or Justin Trudeau. So then let's, uh, you know, fast forward. They are finding all means and ways, the federal party leaders, to try and engage young voters, um, spending the dollars to try and, you know, bring out their platforms to them and try to sway them. But with this pandemic in the mix, will we actually see young people going out to the polls? Will they feel safe enough to want to go out to the polls? Well, I don't know. That's a, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, insecurity. Even though Elections Canada said, no, don't worry, the polls will be safe, we're going to clean up all the pencils, all that stuff, um, I think that the fact that there is a larger percentage of the population in general that has decided to vote by mail rather than go to a polling station on Monday, um, so I think that whether y- if young people are doing that or not is a good question. So I think the pandemic, my guess is, and I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong on this, my guess is the pandemic will make voter turnout a little less than in the past. We've been trying and pushing and pushing younger people to get out there and vote. We really want to stress the importance of it. If there is one message you could give to, you know, the millennials or the young voters, uh, Professor, maybe what's one thing that you could say to say, get out there and vote? Well, apart from what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I would say exercise your critical thinking skills. Don't be overly influenced by digital media, which is often more emotional than rational. And I think once young people and all people have have exercised those critical thinking skills about who is operating for the benefit of all of us as citizens and not just as consumers of media, then I think people will come to the right decision. It may be the NDP, it may be the Liberals, it may be the Conservatives. So exercise your critical thinking skills, go out and vote because 
whatever happens on Monday is going to affect you for a long time. So make sure your vote is counted. Wise words from the professor. I hope everyone really took that message in. And uh, uh, this is your right. And thank you so much for your time. This has been such an enlightening conversation. Uh, this is Professor Jeffrey Dvorkin from U of T Scarborough. Thank you so much for your insight. And I really do hope that everyone heads to the polls on Monday and has their voices heard. My pleasure. And that does it for this episode of Millennial Balance, brought to you by 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries block. Don't forget, you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that fun stuff. So be sure to stream us. And thank you for listening. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. Thank you for tuning into New Music on the Region. This week throughout the episode, I'm going to be highlighting a few up-and-coming artists. That's a big part of what this podcast is about and what we love to do here at 105.9 The Region. You'll be hearing music from Dom Marchese, Laurel, and Catherine Sinopoli. Also, I'm going to be chatting with Rob on the road. If you're a regular listener of 105.9 The Region, you know Rob is a big fan of the 80s and 90s. He's going to be speaking with me about a three-day music event that he'll be co-hosting. It's called 90s Nostalgia, and it's taking place right here in York Region next weekend. But first, I'm going to share with you a new song by Dom Marchese. The song is called Show Me. Dom's been in the music industry for over 20 years. He and his band have opened for Def Leppard, Honeymoon Suite, Scorpions, and Bon Jovi. In 2019, Dom actually came by the station with his band. We chatted about new music he was releasing at the time, and they performed a few songs for us. They are definitely a band you would want to catch live in concert. You wake up in the morning, feel the thunder inside. Look for something to believe in, angels and devils on your
You're listening to New Music on the Region podcast. Next, I'm going to be playing Habit by Laurel, who is a Canadian recording artist. The song is huge in Germany. It's currently one of the most Shazam tracks. You can check out the music video for the song on her YouTube channel. Next up, my chat with Rob Pagetto, aka Rob on the Road. We chat 90s nostalgia. First, here's Laurel with Habit. You're listening to new music on the region. Nostalgia Tour is headed to Vaughn between September 24th and the 26th. One of the hosts of the event is our very own Rob on the Road. Hi, Rob. Hey, Christina. How's it going? Good. So next Friday, the event kicks off. What can you tell us about it? Well, we're really excited. So the organizers going across Canada as we speak. They're, they're hitting Newfoundland. They're hitting Calgary. But Vaughn is the big 
spot and a big stop. So we've got three days that will be happening. So Freestyle Fiesta will happen September 24th, which is the Friday. we got everybody from Elvis Crespo to Fito Blanco, like some big Nick Joey. You know, some big names are coming out for this. And what's really exciting is that it's Improved Canada, which has a huge parking lot. It'll be all outdoors, and it's just going to be a blast. Now, it doesn't end there. And I'm going to get to the 90s part in just a minute because that's going to be my favorite part. So we're going to skip over that for a second, and we're going to go to September 26th, which is the Sunday, and that's going to be the Rap City edition. Ludacris, Ja Rule, Ashanti, like these are big names. Charclaire. They're all going to be there on Sunday. Same thing, Improve Canada, right in Bonn, outdoors, having a blast. There'll be vendors, food vendors, everything will be going on. And then when I get up on stage, that's going to be Saturday, which I'm really excited about. I did this a few years ago with Right Said Fred, Aqua Venga Boys, uh, Maestro Fresh West, and it was amazing. And uh, we had over 10,000 people. Wow. partying and listening to great 90s tunes. But this year, because of our situation that everybody is affected by, um, the Saturday is going to be, again, same parking lot, Improved Canada. Uh, we are looking at about five to 7,000 people right now. And in terms of safety protocols, I would instruct everybody to daily check the 90nostalgia.ca website. But here is some of the lineup. We are talking about Aqua, Venga Boys, Ace of Base, Two Unlimited, CNC Music Factory, Love Inc. and BKS, Simone Denny, and so many more. This is going to be amazing. And uh, what's really cool is I'm going to be starting the day off. Then I'm going to be passing the torch over to none other than my buddy Rick the Temp, Rick Campanelli, and Monica Diol. So they're going to have the whole electric circus vibe going on from about 7 or 8 o'clock. And my, during my time as well, I'm going to be doing some fun trivia while I'm on stage, bringing people up there and giving all kinds of prizes. So it will be a blast. There's still plenty of time to get tickets, and you can get them at 90nostalgia.ca. It sounds like it will be a really good time. So anyone who is interested in attending this three-part event, there's Electric Circus, Rap City, and Freestyle Fiesta. Do people have to buy tickets individually, or is it a group pass? How does that work? There's both, actually. So it works out you can get a two-day pass, a one-day pass, or a three-day pass. And, of course, if you do the three-day pass, uh, the prices will be kind of combined to give you a bit of a deal. Um, So it's entirely up to you. It's what kind of flavor... Uh, you love in terms of music. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be there all three days because I just, the lineup is incredible. And who hasn't wanted to get outdoors to a live event? Like, it's just going to be insane. Yeah, it's definitely a way to close off the summer and, you know, get the community together and have a lot of great artists and a lot of fun. If you listen through the radio station, our station during the week, I believe we're going to be giving some tickets away. Oh, awesome. I, I believe it's going to be a bit of a surprise, so you got to tune in Monday. There's going to be more information, but for sure, I know we have tickets to give away because I brought them in, and that's what we're doing. So uh, it won't be with me because I'll be there Saturday. We're going to give them away during the week because we want to be able to have people plan their weekend and get excited about it. Definitely. Thank you so much, Rob. And, um, you know, hope everybody checks it out and it's a good way to end off the summer. Yeah. And Christina, I got to hit you up with this. You're doing a great job with the music. I love this podcast. Keep it up. And anything you need from me when it's in regards to 80s and 90s, I got your back. I I know you're the go-to person. Definitely, Rob. Thanks, Rob. (laughs) Thanks, Christina. Bye for now. Bye.
On Monday, September 20th, be sure to tune into Afternoons with Amber at around 3.15 p.m. We'll be featuring Billboard charting recording artist Catherine Sinopoli and her new song, Bone Collector. Last month, I spoke with Catherine about the new track and her debut EP. If you missed that episode, you can find it on our website at 1059theregion.com. Click podcasts and select discovery. Closing out this week's episode is a track called Cruel from Catherine's new EP. Thank you for tuning in to New Music on the Region podcast. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.